Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trail Culture. I'm your host, Em Robertson, and I'm so stoked that you're tuning in. Today we've got lead lenser athlete and adventurer Kari Yodan joining us on the podcast. We'll be taking a dive into her most recent expedition, the Double Drakensberg Grand Traverse. We go through everything from route to prep to gear, as well as covering some of the highs and lows that she went through during this mission. Stories like these are so inspiring and I hope it leaves you all feeling stoked to get out there and try big things. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trail Culture. I am so stoked to have ultra runner, adventurer and lead lenser athlete Karu Yordan with us on the podcast today. Um, a role model, but also a friend. It's been really cool to get to know Karu over the last few years. Um, this girl is tough as nails. She's the type of person who could talk you into doing a last minute hoof Easter mission, a 100k sky run or even a double DGT, and she's got some impressive race results behind her name, but is also known for multi-day crazy adventures and missions, and yeah, one of the most recent things she's got under the belt is a recent finish at the UTCT 100k, which was last weekend, can you believe it? Um, and yeah, today Cara is joining us to talk about her double DGT effort, the Drakensberg Grand Traverse earlier this year she was it was the first you guys were in the first team to complete a double and she was also the first woman to do this absolutely epic thing um and we're talking everything from route to nutrition to surviving the weather and the 240k adventure plus minus uh welcome karu we hope you guys enjoy the episode thanks emily it's um very exciting to be here and bring some drakensberg memories alive I know, I think it's just getting ready and prepping. Um, uh, Kari sent me some some notes from her, from the diary that she kind of made and kept while she was there. And I was wondering, like, as you're reading through all of that and everything, is everything coming back to you? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, Kari, before we jump into the details of the Drakensberg, I actually want to talk about Kari the athlete. I can't remember where we met. I'm just thinking, I remember. Do you remember? It's Dirk's birthday. We shared a room. Oh my word, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that where we met? That's yeah. crazy. The night oh, yeah. before Batron. Unreal. Last year. Okay, so here's an example of this girl being being so uh yeah, tough and like chilled about these epic things that you do. We shared a room, we were at a friend's camping, 30th birthday thing, I think outdoor adventure. Outside Sierra somewhere. Yes, 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 Fontaine, something like that. Yeah, maybe. And uh we shared these like little huts. Uh, it was a big upgrade from sleeping on the ground. So we were very <laughs> Yeah, excited. I was going to camp that night. <laughs> it was really nice not to. And then I remember like meeting you. Actually, oh, I can't believe that was the first time. And then... Um, and I sneaked the sticker in your book. <laughs> yes. But we we, uh, we literally shared a, a room. And then that Friday night, uh, we went to sleep. And then, But I, I think I even asked you. We were chatting a bit. And... I was like, oh, what's your plan for tomorrow? And you're like, no, um, I'm actually leaving a bit early. Like, I've got this, like, run um, that I'm doing in Cape Town. I didn't think anything of it. The next thing I hear, you left the next day that you've done Bat Run, which is, <laughs> for those of you who know, is a gnarly 30, 36K route in Cape Town, three peaks at night, next level. And I was like, this call went from, like, a birthday <laughs> to Bat Run and made it seem like the park run. Um, anyway, you did yeah. well. You I came see. second. Third. Third. Um, I said no to the birthday first, and then I heard there were other people also going, that's also going to do the race, and there's a lift for me. So I was like, oh, okay, great, let's go. <laughs> Unreal. And like waking up, and that's the thing about Batman, you have the whole day to wait. I don't know how you didn't uh, yeah. snack unnecessarily. Uh, yeah, night races are a bit weird to prepare nutrition-wise, oh but it worked out. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, Cara, the athlete, I, since then, I mean, Batran is one place we can find you, but I feel like we can find you anywhere from the start line of UTCT to multi-day adventures to something like Skyrun. Um, we drove up to Skyrun together last year and you raced an epic, an epic 100k um, all the way to something like Dryland Traverse with your blister sister, Chloe <laughs> Bishop. Um, yeah, or I don't even, discriminate to any type of running. Or yeah, and something I love is then I even see you all do something like the Fish River Canyon, but it's like you're the youngest person by like 20 years in a group uh, going and like guiding people <laughs> through the Fish River. So that's 
that's awesome Cory but how did you how did you get into the sport like tell us a little bit about so that. I was one of those kids at school that tried every sport nice. um, running was there but it was not on top of the list there was some cross country in it but I didn't really make progress so I just kind of <laughs> left it and then after school I just kept running for sanity Okay. And then eventually joined my local running club and they offered trail and road running. And I soon got involved with the trail running committee and yeah, I found my people and then kept going from there. Unreal. And I think it's something naturally that happens maybe with a lot of other people. They have road running, they like hiking and then trail running is the next trail thing to happen. Trail running is born, yes. Yeah. And then, then, and then I met Dalian, which stepped it up a notch yes. <laughs> with overnight um, mountain sleepovers. And that quite literally expanded my horizons for, oh, cool. for what's possible. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And is that kind of how the jump from just trail running went into, okay, I'm going to run 100Ks or do something gnarly like 240Ks in the Drakensberg? I mean, I, I feel like, did you increase it or did you just kind of go, I'm going to try this and see if I survive? I think there was a lot of invites. Like the, the people I found myself, the circles I was moving in, naturally went there. I'm not sure where the ultra running got from. I think it's like <laughs> people influence you. Yes. And But I do think I stepped it up very conservatively. Okay, nice. Um, when I was ready. I'm yes. not one of those people. I started running last year and this year I'm running 100K. I'm taking <laughs> it quite easy. Okay, that's awesome. And yeah, the overnight things came with time, yes. with Dalian, with oh. traverses. And that's and so cool. Someone who's experienced, and I know Dalian, she's come up in, in a, quite a few podcasts. We're going to have to like import her from Germany <laughs> We're to gonna get have to, to. Um, But, th- I mean, she's got a lot of like mountain knowledge, so different to racing if you're like traversing or, or working on, on a route, um, like reading the mountain. It's a totally different yeah. thing to like follow a route on a race and, and survive and get to the end in a fast time. I think the traverse is something quite different. Yeah, and it's also Dalian inspired me to go do Sky Run. And awesome. that was maybe one of my favorite races to date. Just navigating you out there on your own. Like Damien said, you yes. go back to the essentials. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, have you ever hiked cool. with Dalian? It's really hard to keep up. I have Dalian and I been on the same hike once. Once she hiked away from me, just this mountain right outside yep. the door, Cinnabosch <laughs> Mountain. Um, and she, she hiked away from me and she was wearing a weighted vest and she was late. She started <laughs> like after me. I guess she was running off a bit of adrenaline. <laughs> yes, she came, she came up past me. I think we spoke for like, I don't know, two minutes maybe. And then she oh. carried on talking, but she was her, I was like, how can such a small person hike so mm-hmm. incredibly fast <laughs> with a weighted pack? Um, no, but I remember another cool thing with Dalian is once running around the Cedarburg, I was doing a multi-day hike uh, as well. And then I'd, I knew that she was training in that area. I can't remember if this was before or after the Tafelberg thing, but we yeah. were all like talking about the, the Tafelberg. And then um, she was wearing those old school ultras with the footprint, like the lone peaks. And then, <laughs> and then you just pick as we were running, I could just see, but and I'm also like, she's like a size four. So I was like, this has to be Dalian because that's the smallest little footprint I've like ever seen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't catch her there either. She's just no. like elusive mountain presence. No. Yeah. No, that's she earns cool. land in Cedarburg, definitely. <laughs> They're yeah. around the Tafelberg. Yeah. Where she also climbs. Yeah. Yeah. And then my first trail race was JMC eleven K. Just no just way. here. Same. That's next really? level. Yeah. I'm like, what year was what year was that? I think it was twenty sixteen. Um unsure okay but and i mean did you just like the racing side of things did you try it and like it did you pay any school fees like we've had some interesting things of people wearing the wrong kids pitching up with i think was it aaron somebody came to race in yonkers hook and they were it was aaron a roadie and uh he he came here with no food he he oh. was like oh city it's not that far it's like a marathon it'll take yeah. three hours <laughs> i then. do have a road running background so i could have made that mistake but even with my first road marathon I was using like trail, almost trail nutrition. Okay. Um, but like I said, very conservatively went into the sport. Um, I, I actually held off on trail running for a while because I didn't have trail shoes. And looking okay. back, it's such an idiot thing. Like to, I could just go with road shoes. It's going to be fine. I'm not yeah. going to trip over a rock. <laughs> I might have a little bit less grip, but yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we're cool, so, Cara. That's so nice to hear. Like uh, the the background and stuff and I know you've been doing a bit of racing um this year I mean you guys were at Dryland Traverse you and Chloe recently you've done UTCT um race wise kind of what's what's in the pipeline for the next yeah so because this year was more hiking it wasn't really running focused it took a back seat 
So I definitely want to get back to basics, get a bit more speed. So like the only thing I know I want to do next year is a road marathon and then hopefully awesome. build up to 100 trail again. Okay, it feels like Hoping. next year's the year of road marathons. <laughs> Daniel, all the people, they're like getting in there for some fast road yeah. times. I'm when like, I started road marathons, I was like two one every year. And I think it's really, I do think road and trail complements each other very well. Yes. But need some speed. a marathon, a road marathon is so savage. Like yeah, it hurts you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit too much trail running last year. Not like not too much. But then we tried to do Nas now, um, full marathon and it hurts so much. It was oh, so I difficult. Just continuous running. You forget yes. in trail running you get so many breaks. Yes, you do get breaks. Yeah. Um, so you get to snack which we're going to talk about now. I, I saw that was a big focus on your DGT notes. Food, is, food is always very food is, important. Food is fuel. That's, that's the, what keeps the rocket ship going. <laughs> um, but Carter, so actually for those who don't know, uh, a little additional thing to this, to this goal, which is so cool, is that her, so yes, she does run and do lots of multi-day stuff, but her day job is that you are a goldsmith, which yes. is so cool. I mean, how did you, how did you get into that? So, and maybe another important aspect, I was an extreme introvert when I was younger. Okay. And I like to just be in my own space and I like to work with my hands. And if you're a goldsmith, you're being left alone for hours and hours just to yes. sit there at your bench and work. And yeah, that was my, my aim. These days I want to sit still less alone by myself. Yeah. Um, but I still get satisfaction a lot of working with my hands. And Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. And I can imagine, well, not imagine, I think I've seen a lot of your work like the inspiration that you get from your adventures and nature and stuff that you see like pulling into your work and yeah. like being able to notice beautiful things yeah that that's like a really cool <laughs> those theme. that know me will know when we go on a more leisurely hike i struggle to keep my eyes off the floor and <laughs> always looking for crystals <laughs> yeah oh that's so cool yeah i'm actually gonna yeah. pop that in the show notes you guys can go check her out car creates i think the, the weirdest thing that happened to me was i bumped into car like the week before Skyrun. Now I'm like, I've, I've met this girl before and I know we're going to drive to this race together and she's running 100Ks and it's next level. And I'm like walking through this market and the next thing, this like woman in a dress pops out. And it's like, <laughs> Emily. And I was like, what? And then I found out you're a goldsmith. You've got this stand. I was like, my mind was just blown. I was like, such a diverse thing. I was like, get yourself a girl who does it all. I love it. Uh, no, it's so cool. So that's a little side um piece of info for anyone who's wondering what Kari does when she's not in the mountains. Um, but Kari, DGT, um, I've been, you were, uh, it's been a request to have you on here. Um, and obviously I think I messaged you ages ago to, to see if you'd be keen to come and chat to us about this. And this is literally going to be one long deep dive into the Drakensberg Grand Traverse. So for those of you who don't know what that is, Kari is about to share all the details and she is qualified because she not only did it once she did it twice and in a row at the same time there was a point where she finished as she touched a gate or a post or something in the centennial car park and she turned around and went and did the whole thing all over again so that's what we're yes. going to get into but laying the basis for those of us who don't know um what is dgt car and what makes this route so hard so it's it's over 200 kilometers i don't even know exactly the amount like literally Rodney and I got different amount of kilometers. So we'll say roughly 220 kilometers one way and 10,000 meters of elevation, which I think is it's it's a good amount. Yes, <laughs> fair amount. <laughs> I was actually um, comparing it to UTCT, 100 kilometers, 5,000 birds. So it's basically wow. double that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's long and there's a lot of climbing. It's not so technical as our Western Cape mountains, which makes moving a little bit easier. Um, so normally people do it in like 10 days, okay. I think. Okay. <laughs> yes, I saw like, well, they said fit, fit, they, Google, mm. <laughs> says fit hikers like 10 to 15 days. But I saw that on average, like people take between 18 and 22 days to fit it. 22. <laughs> 22 days, three weeks, but with a food drop and some assistance okay. along the way. So slightly yeah. different board we did game. get some people on the route asking if we're doing it in 10 days okay to okay which we replied no <laughs> they were like you're like <laughs> they would have heard afterwards and they'd be like we met those people who did that thing um so yeah and then it's very remote um i've heard if you need to bail on the route you need to know which path to go down yes because that can in itself be very dangerous so remoteness is scary 
Mm. Um, and then it's self-navigation all the way. It's not difficult self-navigation if you have daylight and visibility, but if it's nighttime or bad weather, you're literally following the dot on your watch. So it's a bit of confidence in there can can help. And then it's mostly off-trail. You do get your cattle paths, but the sheep's not going where you are going. So you (laughs) need to be very aware to follow your map. And then it's at altitude. Um, Some people have told me 3,000 meters isn't that high, but it's... 3,000 meters more than in Cape Town. Yeah. But <laughs> so, I mean, point-to-point car, it's like you start at Bushman's Neck and then you end at Sentinel, car park. Sentinel car park, which has apparently been under construction for a while. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, so you've got this, you've got this route. Um, one way it is what? Two, tw- so, two, two, so we said between two, I think I've seen people between 204 and 220 kilometers yeah. somewhere. Yeah, depending on, as Dalian would say, your side quests along the way. Mm. I think but Rodney managed to get at the end like 450, but let's okay. stick with 220 per So let's say 220. So you've got this start like point to point thing, 10,000 meters of vert. But with that, I mean, you five of the peaks that you tag or four, six. but five of them are over 3,000 meters. Oh, I don't actually even know exactly. Which I'm, I'm going to put all the info again in the show notes for you guys. And yeah, for anyone who said that's not high, um, Mafadi Peak being one of them, which is the highest mm. peak in, in highest the Dachsburg. in No, the highest in South Africa. In South Africa. Tabana is the highest in Lesotho and I think Southern Africa. Okay. If I'm correct. And that, I mean... That is one of your checkpoints. I know people mm. people train and prep to go and just tag Mufadi Peak yeah. in the Drakensburg. So it is something like, that came up afterwards. Is why didn't I just go do one traverse or one peak or something beforehand? But it's quite expensive to travel yes, there for a quick my, hike. That was my next question. Is Had you ever been to the Drakensburg before agreeing to do this massive thing? So I had a little bit of experience. I uh, did UTD 62 twice. Okay. Actually, both ways as well. <laughs> The nice. route changed. Yes. And I don't know if Skyrun is considered Drakensberg still, but that's very good prep because you yes. self-navigate and at yes. night. And then once I hiked up to Tugela Falls with a small running backpack and it was a struggle to move fast. Oh, really? <laughs> so okay. I knew it was going to be a, not going to be easy. Yes. Um, but my experience wasn't that fast. Okay. So and yeah, and then the more, more to what makes it tough is the unpredictable weather. Yes. That was, I think, my main concern. And that's going to be the main thing that dictates when you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to get a two-week weather window is asking is quite a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get stuck in your tent for days, and then hopefully you have enough food. To last. <laughs> um, no, so crazy. yeah, we luckily had a good weather window, and then yeah, the carrying of your pack. I mean, the slower you go, the more food you need, the heavier yeah. your pack's gonna be. So it's no, that's a bit of a yeah, catch. So I'm not sure notes, about you the, guys had like what your packs were like plus minus 17 kgs. Yeah, 17 yeah. and some of them were 20. Some of them were 20. One. Yeah. So yeah. and I mean it gets uh, slightly lighter as you hike, but not mm. not too much lighter. Which so. body weight compared to pack? I definitely carried the heaviest <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I was the girl. like I will have all the snacks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all the, the snacks. snacks. And she did eat everything in her bag except yes. she ended up with one little piece of fudge. Coffee, something like that. That was the thing left. That's next level. Um, but Cara, so so we've like that's that's DGT. But most people, I mean, for your first time in the Drakensberg, would be like, I'm just gonna do it one way. <laughs> what on earth made you think to I want to do this twice? And how how did you get involved with the group who did it? Because there were four guys who were with you. Yeah, if I'm correct. And mm. you, only two of you finished. It was you and Rodney in the yeah. end. So tell us. Why did you want to do it twice and how did you get in the mix with those yeah. guys? So important to notice it was not my idea. <laughs> I basically <laughs> tagged along on Rodney's dream. Um, I didn't know him before, um, Rodney Long. He has done the Traverse One Way in 2019. Okay. And I think about two years later, he got ants in his pants and he was starting to look for a crew to do a double. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and when I met him, I saw his passion for this project. And okay. then I just... Something told me that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and yes. I have to grab it. So initially I just said yes. Okay. Um, you were like, sounds good. It's like, let's go. <laughs> I don't know much about this Drakensberg Grand Traverse, but let's go. Yeah. And then in the mean, um, and then a bit later on, I reconsidered a little bit. We're like, this is going to impact the running year quite a lot. Yes. It is expensive. Lots of things. It was a, it was a big decision to make. And then it was December holiday. And we were out of signal quite a bit. I was doing a lot of reading and I read Mike Horn's book, That oh, Adventure of a Lifetime. Yes. And something in me was just like, you need to do this for yourself. 
Yeah. And from there, it is all systems go. And of course, a double because it hasn't been done before. It's been attempted, but it yes. hasn't been successfully done. So there was that um, that little carrot nice. <laughs> to go get. Yeah. And we did start with four, but we only ended with two, Yes, unfortunately. Okay. We, we initially wanted to be six, okay. but it but is... But it's also something to consider as the group gets bigger, the moving yeah. is slower, and there's more... Yeah, pros and cons. There's more support. There's, there's, yeah. But when you have more of something, it it tends to. But if one more dropped out, I don't yes. think anyone would have finished it. Yeah, hectic. So okay, that's one thing. And then for more personal reason, I was and still am scared of the Drakensberg, and that was also a bit of fuel to the fire. I need yes. to go see and face what I'm scared of. Yeah. It is just a big unknown to me. So going going into the planning. Okay, so you met you met it was Rodney's idea, you jumped onto the dream, you met the guys, um and it was it kind of just like you committed and you were like, We're just gonna figure this out. Uh yeah. I mean, like it's a long time to hike with people that you don't know and not just hike do the hardest thing you've ever done. <laughs> yeah. So because Rodney has been dreaming this up for a while, most of the logistical planning was done. So I just needed to be fit, sort out my gear, take yes. off work, and yeah, be mentally ready, I guess. I just needed to be fit. I love that. <laughs> um, and the food and gear prep took quite a lot of attention. Yes. And if you know me, it took quite a lot of attention. Yeah, I was like, what went into the planning and how many spreadsheets did Dalian send you? <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, I looked at Dalian's spreadsheet when she did Hex Traverse. Yes. Um, yeah, and we, we looked at some calories and stuff. Nice. Um, so for training specifically, we did go to Cedarburg twice to do like a three-day overnight hike. The group looked a bit different then. Okay. But Cedarburg's very good terrain. It's quite ruthless. Yes. Um, also unpredictable weather. Anything can roll in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our first day, it rained <laughs> tremendously. And I remember telling Rodney, <laughs> asking him, are we going to die? Because <laughs> I've never been that cold in my life. And we were supposed to camp to like train our Drakensberg camping, setting up camp, yes. all that stuff. And we ended up sleeping in, in tents in the hut every oh, night. So that was quite yeah. just thrown into the deep end. Okay. Um, yeah. And all of us didn't have rain gear. So no one, none of us put our rain gear on. <laughs> and we were drenched. And you like so that was note, quite we'll get rain gear before we go to the Drakensberg. Yeah. <laughs> And then, um, so Cedarburg, that was, yeah, it was a good terrain to train on. We did similar um, distance and time, although yeah. it's much more technical than Drakensberg, but it was good. And then I thought I had a good idea. Let's do Hufeister with our big bags in three days. <laughs> we bailed on day two. Rifbad was just too dangerous with big bags. Yeah, um, I can imagine. But yeah. also, oh, that weekend, I remember lifting you guys. Did I pick you yes. up? No, I dropped you off. That was so fun. Oh, my word. Yeah, uh, I was like... You guys were like, we need to lift. We're going to do the face it. And I was like, what? Um, but I was it rainy at that time? I'm trying to think what happened. There was something that, no, it was, I think it was the wind. I was like, mm -hmm. there was some weather thing that I was thinking about you guys. And I was like, flip, I hope they're okay. They're in somewhere in the... The weather was okay. I just knew we weren't going to get water the first um, bit. Okay. So we started and then the first water, I think, is at Pico. Yeah. So we carried... A lot of water. Heavy, heavy. And then ended up not using it because we bailed just after the water. Yeah. Um, but that refer section, it's, yeah, with even... Yeah. And it's interesting, after speaking to people, no one warned us not to do it because no one has been has stupid tried. enough to do that. <laughs> That's crazy. So a lesson learned there. I mostly have good ideas, but that was a bad idea. For you, I was like, it was so normal. Getting a phone call, Carl being like, can Not you sure. drop us off? We're going to do a multi-day who faced it with our DG2 bags. I was like... Yeah, sure. Yeah. I didn't even... I was like, she knows what she's doing. And everyone else says, if I said, takes a small bag. So no one's actually, I think, yeah, thought that like, far. Like, do don't it. do it. Mm. <laughs> um, so we never actually trained together okay. as a group. But that was fine. We just needed to be capable. And, and really. that was kind of... Rodney Rodney assessed that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And he probably... I mean, having someone on the in the group with root knowledge, I'm sure that paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really well. Yeah. And so I didn't have to actually do anything about the root. Like, it was... Pretty much set in stone. Okay. Um, you know, inside I might have done a little bit more because there was some peak that we had to summit twice, but okay. Italian was on that. Uh -huh, nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I was as prepared as I could have been. And everything okay. I did up until that prepared yes. me personally, physically and mentally for yes. that. And um, I think there's also just a point where no amount of preparation yeah you know, it's like uh, what you said earlier about Dalian, like showing you what's possible it's like you are going mm -hmm. to the edge of what you know is possible for you and then seeing 
how much further can I go yeah. still? Yeah. I think the the longest hike I did before that was a three day overnight hike, and Crazy. kind of just go on. Yeah, but I feel like it's one of those things like there's after a certain it's like anyone who tells you runs an ultra after a certain amount of time everything hurts so you might as well just keep going mm-hmm. uh, i feel it's like, like it's a bit like going from a 20k to 100k but not as extreme because you're walking much slower <laughs> yeah it's like just carry on because it's gonna hurt anyway so just see how long you yeah. can last yeah no um but i think awesome. yeah a lot of experiences beforehand prepped me for this um yeah i didn't think that we were gonna hike at night yes. that was also a very interesting thing and some things I've done before at night definitely prepped me for that, okay. just to be comfortable and yeah. be okay with being awake that long. Yes, um, I think I saw in your notes, I mean, we we know the route's gnarly, but you guys had on average like 10-hour days in the mountain, mm-hmm. which like for those of you who, who know and who've carried heavy packs, I mean, think about 10-hour day at altitude, like unpredictable weather um, with a 17, 18, 19, 20 kg pack. Um but then you guys had, you pulled an all-nighted through day six and seven, 33 mm. hours. I mean, what is that like? Yeah, so our plan was to do seven days, seven days. And yes. we fell behind schedule pretty quickly. We couldn't okay. get more than 30Ks out a day. And then as it came closer, the idea was brought up to do a through night. Okay. And my first response was, no, we're going to break our routine. Let's stick to it. Yes. And then as I thought about it, I was like, I'd rather get the seven days than... Yes. Um, I'd rather stay awake all night and hike than not get the seven days. Okay. And the nights used... Um, the night was actually quite nice. The weather was more stable. Okay. I, was, I was fine. I was pretty fine navigating and staying awake and staying sane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And And kind of... I mean, 33 hours is just such a long time. I mean, good good banter in the group or like lots of time for self-reflection? <laughs> so before we went into the first night section, we did a stop of about two hours. We okay. had our dinner. We took a little bit of a nap. And then we went. We did take some caffeine pills, which... <laughs> which knowing you... <laughs> I think we tripped on a little bit because we didn't take proper coffee. We didn't have that coffee stimulus every day. Okay. Caffeine stimulus. Um but yeah, I like the night sections. I think night nice. time is a thing a lot of people are scared of. And once you do it, you're like, okay, no, it's actually yes. fine. Yeah, it's and not I've heard as scary. the time ticks by quick, faster. And the next thing, mm. the sun's coming up and you're like, oh my goodness. And luckily we were turning around and coming back so we could see the views that we missed. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that now. I think that's the point. Like I've spoken to so many people um, being like, I'm recording with you uh, this week. And then they're like, Everyone is like, but there's that point where they turned around to do it all again. And I'm like, yes, I will ask her about that. Don't worry. Um, but I'm like, okay, well, let me ask you about that. So I'm like, only only two of you, you guys started, it was you and four others, only two finished. At what point did people decide to bail? What was that about? And then that turnaround point, Cory, I mean, like you get to um, the car park. It's like two people are, have decided to stop. I mean, surely it crossed your mind to be like, I could just call this in seven days. It's flipping impressive for for DDT one way. Yeah, so that's probably one of the lows was that turnaround point. Um, okay. We as we approached that car park, we didn't know if we were going to continue. We know two other guys were suffering a bit. Yeah, and. Yeah, Ronnie, we think Ronnie had a bit of bronchitis. So we were like, it's maybe not clever, but anyway, so we were walking down um, and the weather was quite moody. It was, there was thunderstorms and I don't know if you've seen Sentinel, but there, it's a quite a big rock face mountain there. And it was, yeah, it was just quite dramatic. Um, I was even a bit scared. Like when the thunder struck, I was like, ah. Yes. And for those who know the Drakensberg, it's like the... uh, the thunder's really close. Um, so yeah. if we want to go into the name and like the Drakensberg, that's actually comes from like a Dutch word, which means like the dragon, the mountain of the dragons or the dragon's mountains. Uh, oh, so the thunder is connected to the dragon. The I didn't thunder, know that. But the, the mist, the rain, it's like, uh, the, like the breath of the dragon coming out. It's moody. It's unpredictable. There's this whole like mystical, magical, uh, yeah, like that thing that's around. <laughs> yeah, and even some of the Zulu names for it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things about the smoke, the thunder, the lightning, basically every, even the name points to be careful because this mountain range will teach you a lesson. Um, And then we get people who are like, I'm going to go hike for three weeks, (laughs) twice. Um, Um, So as we were walking down, yeah, that little hike up or down Sentinel to the chain ladders is quite long. You see the car park for very long and then eventually you get there. 
And I remember I'd quite mixed feelings because I knew two guys were struggling. Rodney was a bit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm scared to stop and I'm scared to go on. Like, yes. okay. if I turn around, I have to do the whole thing again. If I Yo. stop, the dream is dead. Rodney's dream is dead. Yeah. Um, so I just, in my mind, tried to be like, okay, we're going to stop and we're going to go again tomorrow. Okay, so and you made that deal decision. With it. You were like, I'm going to get you up know. and start again tomorrow. And we didn't discuss if we didn't discuss who stopping was going on before we stopped. Yes. Um, so that decision was only made when we got there, and yeah, unfortunately, two guys did have to stop. Okay. Which was which was heart- heartbreaking. Alan was the one who initially invited me. He's the only one I knew. Yes. I knew briefly before he invited me. Yeah. And he's very strong and determined, and to have to leave him behind. He was my non-snoring tent partner <laughs> as well. <laughs> so. Oh, I would. Yeah, okay. it was obviously not nice for them to go back, but... Yeah, and they know. called it, I believe I saw, it was like blisters, bad blisters yeah. on the feet were kind of the reason. Yeah, it's brutal. Shoes people, important. Shoes, yeah. This is your moment to promote whatever shoe you're running with. Um, the best shoe is the one that you've, you've, you've confidently used. used enough times. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, with a heavy pack. And I mean, that turnaround point, that moment when you are when you hiked away going back up the chain ladders the next day I mean it's slow going it's like I feel like there's just enough time to be like jokes I'm gonna quickly scramble back down I mean and now you're only two instead of four what was that like were you and Rodney chatting or were you kind of in your own thoughts with that I think we were already in our rhythm so it was um so we we were we got to the to the car park and then we could quickly have to take our stuff and restock. We slept in the unfinished building, yeah. <laughs> which was not much. There was a toilet that didn't flush, one light. Yes. It was nothing glamorous. In some ways, you like the mountains better. And, but <laughs> they just left us. They, we, quickly, we got our stuff and they yeah. left. Okay. So we didn't even... We kind of had to make the decision very quickly. Okay. So no um, debrief in the moment. You guys were just like, we need to push through and then yeah. we'll talk about this later. It was okay. like a quick goodbye, bye-bye, yeah. and then oh, we yeah. left. No no time for you guys to change your mind. I think no. that's maybe a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And then we started with our heavy bags turning around. Mm-hmm. And the mountain was quite busy. Like it was over probably Easter weekend. Okay. So together, oh, yeah, you said together was, was your, busy, when you yeah. got to the top of the chain ladders and you looked towards Together Falls, there were so many tents. Okay. So um, yeah, it was interesting walking past people going for a day. I can yeah, be like, I was going to say, was Cheers. that motivating was or was days. it like, oh my word, come on? I remember some people telling us, oh, it's like really cold up there. You, you, it's colder than you think it's going to be. And you're <laughs> like, like, I have been there for the last while. But um, yeah, something like that's so funny. It's like you think to yourself, if I was normal, I could just be sleeping in a hotel tonight and doing a day hike. And then you're like, no, but I'm going to have this epic story to share. Opportunity needs to be taken. Yes, I love that. Um, and I think... I remember chatting to one one friend of mine. I actually don't know if you know him, Ed von Amabra. Um, he's done DGT with who was he with? I know Dirk and anyway, so a couple of the the, the old school mountain guys. And uh, he, I remember him telling a story about what is his top. Or somebody asked him last time he did it, like, what is the if you could only take one piece of gear with you into DGT, what would you take? And he said mm. a helmet. And I was like, what? And they had a terrible experience with hail when um, they were there. And uh, they they literally had, the, the next time they did it, they took helmets. I can't remember what time of year, of year it was because the hail, some of the pieces were so big that it was yeah. like, it gets dangerous. And um, I think that's something that people underestimate, even especially if you go into the Drakensberg, even if you're at the hotels and you look up and it looks like a beautiful day and it's stunning and let's go for a day hike, that that weather change or even just the temp change as you go up is really dramatic yeah i've heard some interesting stories of people going to utd and just going for a quick run and then yeah like hypothermia weather change and i mean what the cold i believe that was really something that was hectic for you guys like tell us a bit yeah, about the that. cold and discomfort you just you don't get really get used to it okay you wake up you get woken up at night by the cold really okay um the first traverse we could still wear shorts but on the second one i was wearing tights all, all the time okay. I even ended up sleeping in like all my clothes even my waterproof pants just oh, as wow. an extra layer yes and I think I literally owned the warmest sleeping bag you can buy in South Africa and I was still cold oh, wow. I'm a cold sleeper but yeah yeah there was just lots of layers and I don't think I've experienced such cold winds in my life yeah the wind is the other thing especially mm-hmm. when you guys are walking kind of like 
ridge lines, those sort of sections, mm-hmm. and you've got those gusts like coming up. Tabona was windy yeah. every single time. Oh, we had a little bit of hail, but not, not nothing, size. nothing helmet yeah. worthy. Um, but I mean, with the cold, that's also just a mental thing of you've got uninterrupted sleep. You and you, everyone knows that feeling where you like turn and you're like I'm cold and all I can think about is how cold I am and then you try to go back to sleep you can't escape it yeah what I mean what were the temps like I mean making food packing up you guys woke up one day with a frozen tent uh yeah yeah, mentally that's flipping hectic yeah yeah the problem is you want to hike um you want to sleep next to close to water so then that's also normally quite a bit colder yeah but it's something looking back alan and i was like oh we wish we knew the temperature we would have should have taken a temperature gauge just to just to know it's not going to make it any warmer but it's nice to know yeah that's like the the humble brag later like (laughs) this is it's like people do cold water immersion they'll tell you exactly what what temperature the water is i mean it didn't snow but it yeah, was cold but it was cold enough yeah yeah cold oh, enough word. and i mean one of the things that was interesting that i read in your um kind of ju- journal that you kept while you were there just the bullet points was how long it took you to pack up in the morning so i mean you you mentioned earlier you had a routine like what did it look like so you guys were doing plus minus 30ks a day um less than that yeah. and then you would get what happened like from when you got to your sleeping point i know you guys were looking for caves along the way but yeah, what kind yeah. of, what was the routine so when we you found walked camp? more or less from 8 to 5, and I think we were in bed from 8 to 6. Okay. Which we didn't obviously sleep for 10 hours, you lie just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, packing up, Talia and shame on me. <laughs> it took two hours, sometimes longer, some okay. very few times shorter. Just waking up, We'd wake up, we'd get dressed and then have breakfast and then yeah. start packing up. And breakfast was a non-negotiable. I was like, I have to get it in. And it yes. took me a while to eat. And then once you get out of the tent, it's cold. Yes. <laughs> you have yeah, to you pack up everything. Out of tent, yeah. So I was surprised that it took that long, but okay, had to be done. Yeah. And not wanting to eat? Nausea, yeah, the, the, first, the first week I wasn't a happy camper with eating. Okay. I had to motivate myself to eat those dinners, eat those breakfasts. They yeah. were important. Snacks was fine. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just the altitude, like okay. getting used to it. And on the second traverse, it was fine. Okay. Yeah. And um, feeling like you had enough, like calorie-wise, I mean, you are burning through lots. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I know you said that you, when you got to the the midpoint did you guys have a, a food drop after yeah. the first traverse yeah and then you were like you'd eaten every single piece of food that yeah you i had everything with. except my emergency dinner okay um even on the way down sentinel i got a butternut from alan i was like i need to keep eating yeah no, but that's um, awesome. i yeah food was gonna be important and like a week before i started panicking me ca- counting calories because yes. i want to take calorie dense food just yes. to just space is limited so i packed about 2500 calories a day okay and ate it all wow. and that yeah. was it was very i knew it was important and i think that was why my recovery was was good yeah. i i didn't lose any weight after two weeks okay all the guys lost weight even the guys who just did one week yeah and i think that's due to the dinners we all had the same dinner with more or less the same calories yes and obviously i way lighter than them yeah so and I you think were putting packing away the same amount yeah. i think i won a bit there okay um and I was very strict on nibble something every hour. Okay. Keep it going. That's good. So you're just trying to constantly keep the fuel source going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah flip it, packing, all of this stuff. I mean, that a lot goes into that. It would be really cool to share like a packing list or one of those spreadsheets. Yeah, with someone the, has with asked me for a packing list. Yeah. Gear, gear's so personal though. Yeah. No, gear's personal. Yeah. But I think the the the, the general approach of like how mm. do you even start packing for, for something like that. But um so you mentioned like one of the lows being the turnaround point uh what was what was the high point for you other than seeing it was quite a lot of lows and highs this was going to be harder than any any other lows that you want to share i can share my crying that was (laughs) it's almost a funny thing to look back on i I cried i literally cannot imagine you getting to a point where there's tears i can't yeah i think maybe that's why i feel like when i cry it's important to share (laughs) like i do breakdowns so i cried twice in the first reverse the summer the second day okay the guys the guys were hiking out in front of me and eventually when i got to them i was like guys it's going to take longer if you don't walk my base yeah because now if i want to get something out of my pack i need to take it off if yes. I want to stop, I can't tell them because they're too they're far too ahead. Far away, yeah. If they go around um, over a copy, I won't be able. 
to see them and then have to self-navigate. It's that thing of you just you're just gonna make it take longer. Yeah. So it was frustration. It wasn't like I'm not able to do this. Obviously they're gonna be a bit faster than me. They yes. do have testosterone <laughs> a little bit more. And then the second time was I stepped in a river at the end of the day. Oh. So we were looking for a camp spot and Rodney was like, Don't step in the water. And I remember there was dogs barking and we were crossing a river and I stepped in the water and I just burst it out in tears. But it's not like stop and cry. It's like, go on. Yes, we're still looking for a camp (laughs) spot. Yeah, I was just so frustrated because I knew the next morning I was going to have to put my foot in a very cold shoe. And that was one of the coldest nights. So that was quite a low. Okay. And then maybe another, maybe physically the most difficult part for me. I don't know, physically or mentally. When on our way back, when we were descending down to Martupas, it is a very technical um, descent or climb yeah. you do on the first day or was our first day. And it was just so treacherous. Like I did not know how we were going to get down there. We struggled to find the top of it because the weather was again very moody. Okay. Um, and I was low on caffeine. Uh. And I knew the valley that was coming up was going to be lots of dogs and the dogs freaked me out at night. Yeah. Like just seeing the eyes and you hear the barking from far. And was it like shepherds, like Basuti shepherd dogs? Yeah. yeah. So the Basuts are in their huts at night, but the dogs, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they're very unpredictable. So yes. I kept my distance at all times. Um, yeah, I didn't get too friendly with the Basuts or their dogs. I okay. just didn't trust them. And it's hard if you're an animal lover and you see the yes. dogs and you're like, can't pet it. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was mostly the lows. The highs, I have two highs that stand out. The one was on our way back to the Giants Castle Summit. So the views from there is incredible. Yeah. But on our way there, we couldn't see anything. It was completely overcast. And it felt like we were on the home stretch. It was our second last peak. Yes. I think we probably still had a quarter of the entire thing to do. But we only had two nights left on the mountain and it just it felt a bit like home stretch. Yeah. And I know that's Rodney's favorite view of the traverse. And really? then he got to share that with me. And oh, that's awesome. if you look at the map, it's like a it's almost like a very sharp turn. Okay. It makes a sharp point that summit. Yes. Um so that was one of them. So it's like a literal turning point for you guys. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. But if you look at the map, it's like you still got off <laughs> to go off the one traverse. Yeah. And then the other one was when we summited Mafadi the first time, we met Bob. And Bob is one of the first people to complete the Rim of Africa for, oh, the, wow. for those that know that what that is. <laughs> so it was, it was it was very special to meet him on the highest point in South Africa. What? That is so yeah. epic and Hopefully like unplanned. Yeah. yeah. To reach the summit at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. What are the mm. odds of that? And um, sharing kind of your guys' ad- adventure with him, what were his thoughts? Did he give you any advice? <laughs> As somebody who's done hard things. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, he obviously understood the, the, the bigness of our adventure because yeah. Rome of Africa is much longer. Yeah. Um, so it was quite special to, like, it's like-minded. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just very cool to see him there yeah, with it's his like, pack. It's like it. grit recognizes grit right there. Yeah, it's yeah. like, we see you, yeah. And his pack, was it a single-day pack? What I he think they to? commented, like, we look like more like runners because we were moving a bit faster than your average hiker. Yes. And I think they commented, like, yeah, yeah, you have to be like a runner to do it a bit faster. <laughs> no, oh, I think great. they had a they had a big bag. And I remember, remember he had Crocs hanging off his bag. Crocs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice fashion. I think they slept Essential. in the cave below Mafadi. Okay. Yeah. Oh my word, awesome. That's so cool. So yeah, hopefully future maybe join him on Remov. <laughs> that's the next the next thing. And um another high point, I mean coming down to the finish was a pretty emotional were there people there to meet you guys. So on our last night, um our support team, Gary and Claire, their son and friends came to meet us on the mountain. Okay. And it's quite a wide hike. We were very surprised. Yes. We just saw these like headlamps in a distance and we knew they were planning to come up, but yeah. we didn't expect them that time that of the far, night yeah. and to come that far. So we were like, <laughs> who are these like dodge people in the mountain? The bus suits aren't out at night. Yeah. They probably don't own flashlights. Yes. Some of them do, but um, so yeah, then we just um, continued walking down. There was, there was no welcome party. <laughs> they were a welcome party. Yeah. But the finish line was quite like surreal and 
It didn't sink in. I don't know if it's really sunk in yet. Yeah. It was a bit of an anti-climax. I was going to say, it's not like a finish line of a race. Uh, it's like you've done this thing. And the funniest thing was you guys must have flown back from KZN. And like you get to the airport and you've just had this epic two-week adventure. Like it's very difficult to put into words. And now you're like standing in the queue at the airport with people who've been <laughs> on a society. beach holiday. And you're like, someone's like, oh, did you have a nice, the flight attendant, did you have a nice trip? And you're like uh yes thank you like how do you how do you even like go about putting that into words yeah so i think our real finish line was when we got home and our family was there and that was was the real nice thing share all the stories yeah Yeah. but it's maybe like a high and a low like we finished and it didn't feel like we achieved anything or personally for me it didn't feel like oh i did this massive thing like i look at the stats and i recognize it was a big thing but i what i remember is like the memories and the um the experiences that yeah i'm richer in now and i think that it's a good thing um it maybe means that that was not the hardest thing that i was going to do in my sure. life <laughs> it's maybe prep for something for the else thing, yeah um yeah hunger for adventure does not have a destination yeah that's so cool yeah. and i mean getting to the finish and waking up the next day it must have been so weird to like was there some sort of automatic oh i need to get up and pack my bag and go and do something or yeah, what was that like, waking up and being like, oh, No, I'm I don't done. think we had any need to move. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we did. I think I remember, I think I popped you a message and you were like, I'm, I'm on my third pizza of the day or something. And it was like, or burger, pizza or burger. Three breakfasts. Yeah, three breakfasts. And it was like 11 in the morning and you were like, yes, I yeah. am, I'm busy. So uh, because we went through the night, we finished in the morning. Yes. Um, we got to accommodation at like nine. Okay. And we couldn't check in yet. Oh, my so, goodness. So we went straight for breakfast. Um, and we stayed at the same place before and after. So we already like looked at the menu. What We were dreaming, <laughs> dreaming for two about weeks. What I think eat. it was like a chicken burger was the thing that was the nicest. Yeah. And we've tried all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it was breakfast time. And yeah, we had like three breakfasts nice. um, until we could get into the shower. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it was like, like washing two weeks of mountain off of you must have taken a while it took two showers and one bath (laughs) (laughs) so i think i had like flapjacks and coffee for my first first round and then like coke and chips and then i think it was chicken mayo and chocolate milkshake oh nice all Um, the good stuff and then i just kept eating like not that i needed to put the weights back on yeah but but you just had this like yeah i think when did i I see you i think i saw you the following week after that at that into the namib uh, oh yeah, Grobler and Grobler yes, thing. yes and then we sat at the same table and you were still like uh, Merck's brought you a pokey bowl like yeah. a sushi bowl and you were like dude I'm still hungry like I just I can't stop eating you I know? think mentally like I was not used to having access to food all the time. So I was like <laughs> you're, like, yeah, you're like I have a choice now yeah that's so awesome um and I mean just from a physical point of view Corey like the physical challenge of DGT I mean, we've we've spoken about the distance and like the vert, but the type of terrain, the climbing, I mean, you're an experienced runner and even you said you'd had some multi-day hikes, but like, was there a point where physically you were like, I, I'm not strong enough to do this? Or did you feel like your experience and your training had prepped you? Because um, also I think the backpack thing is a big thing. People, yeah. you underestimate, you know, the literal weight, the that. literal weight. Yeah. And like day in day out like the the muscle aches and things yeah, that come I with that i think these i don't know what you call these muscles traps traps <laughs> i definitely got some superior traps now oh really <laughs> um yeah so i can imagine you're like little trail pack you're like this doesn't hurt me anymore yeah it's always amazing after like three days in the mountain with a big pack to put yes. on your running pack and you're like this is nothing this is nothing yeah um so the first day was probably the physically the most taxing just that shock and going yeah. from so high to so low and it was like a lot of climbing it was yeah. a short day but it was a lot of climbing okay how, how much climbing on the first day it was close it was to a two th- maybe a thousand five hundred yeah, in okay. 15 k's or something yeah it's a lot yeah and then obviously you have a heavy pack because it's the first day yeah so that shoulders i don't think that pain ever really went away like you mm. kind of get used to it but like my lunch was um, serving of insure and two panados every oh, single day wow. to just take the edge off. Yeah, I think with breakfast you also just take panados. Sure. Yeah, okay. into the research of what drugs to take, it was like panados are safe. You can take lots of them. Um, they take the so, edge off. Yeah. Yeah, just to numb that pain a little bit. Okay. But physically, I never felt like I couldn't do it. 
Wow. Um, and also, I didn't, I didn't really get tired to a point of, I'm so tired, I need to sleep now. Okay. Even so with the, the, did, you, did you feel like you had like adequate rest, even though it was yeah, we a were restless? Yeah, we were lying down for so long, not necessarily sleeping properly, yeah. but I never felt, yeah, we should stop now, it is enough. Okay. And yeah. from the safety, I know we've mentioned like the safety point of view from the weather, knowing the routes. I mean, you had Rodney who knew a lot of the routes, but even... Yeah, was there a moment where you guys were like, flip, we need to get off the mountain now? Um, I mean, what what would have been so severe? Like, would it have been an injury that would have taken you guys down? Yeah, either weather or injury. Okay. I think we were prepped. Ready for that. Um, for the rest. And trackers. But, I mean, yeah, we had a common tracker. In, in reach, yeah. That every night they would, we would message um, to say, we are safe and... Okay. Rodney organized the helicopters ahead of time if that was necessary. Wow. Um, and yeah, we started as four. I don't think we would have ever started as two yes. from a safety perspective. Yeah. But with the first traverse, we were like, okay, it's fine. We can go two people alone. Yeah. I mean, we saw, I don't know if you know Michael Baker. He did it in three days. We we found him en route. Oh, my word. <laughs> and, um, and we saw a few couples doing it alone as well. So okay. we, we felt fine. Yeah. It's not always safe. There was an incident, but I won't go into details. It's rather better to be over safe than Yeah, than they're not, not prepared. Yeah. yeah. And um I mean saying that you saw Michael Baker, I don't know him, but he's he's done it in three three days. That is just crazy. Um, I think he's done it another time between then and now. It faster. Also not faster, maybe I think he did with just been with friends, but he does it quite often. He also did UTCT Milo. <laughs> Okay, so he's one of those. Um, but, I mean, so we know, for yeah, for those of you who don't know, this is like a, an effort that's turned into a race where you can go and, like, try and do it, like, as fast as you can. And mm. it's more, uh, the point is not to stop, it's just to move. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, would you want to go back and run the route? They, I feel like there's an element of not knowing. Like, sometimes people will go and smash, like, a 100K race or a, far, a, a race. It can actually be any race. And then the, the, when they go back to do it, they don't have a good run or it's a slower time. And it's usually because it's like, oh, because I knew it was coming. Um, so with something like this, like, would you want to go back and, and run it? Um, I'll do. I, d- I doubt that I'll ever do a double again. Okay. For okay, various so reasons. Doubles. Cool. <laughs> like you, just to get a crew together is very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Like the, we were looking for more people um, quite a lot. And the people that are able is not always keen or the people that are keen can't. Yes. Actually go. I fall into that category. Keen, but not necessarily <laughs> able. <laughs> and um, so I, w- I would do a, a one one way faster. Okay. Lighter a pack. A one way faster, yeah. Um, even, yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's not much of a run, I don't think. Yes, I was going to um, say. I mean, the, the times, like, I'm not going to try and quote what the record times are because I feel like I'll get it wrong. But when I think of the average time that was quoted online for hikers being kind of fit hikers 15 days and then when you get people who are who are like there's there's around about 40 48 hours uh it's just crazy to think actually that you can do it all yeah, yeah. rather over prep the people that's not capable yes <laughs> yes no guys i think if you haven't got it by now this is a hectic route this is not i'm still in awe of amri and joe that did it two women alone yeah <laughs> in that race yeah that's crazy next level uh, not I mean, sure. I didn't. I didn't go to that info. That was just off the sky run. They had like yes, their yes. debrief. Yeah, I missed out on that one. I was actually, yeah, two future guests on the on the pod. Um, but I mean, and for those wanting to attempt the route, I know we we've spoken a lot about gear packing. There's a lot of stuff that's personalized. We've spoken like you need to train. You need to, um, yeah, just know what you're getting yourself into. But what is what is your best bit of advice for people wanting to to go out and do this? Take definitely take someone that's already done it okay i would i think okay. it's just gonna make your experience better yeah and more prepared speak to as many people <laughs> that has done it before yeah um i could have probably done that a little bit more um yeah there's like little details that would help you like definitely take cigarettes for the pursuits and hand them out one by one because they will approach you and they will want something and then they will leave you alone okay i always left that to the boys to yeah. <laughs> to handle um that's very important and then shoes are very important obviously shoes, your yes. feet 
Um, that's something that came up a lot when I spoke to Dalian. It's like you don't want to mess up your feet because that's what's that keeping you going. Can end your story. Yes. Um, my feet was definitely that was maybe the physical thing that was bothering me afterwards. Just my feet were swollen. My yes. skin was so itchy. Like I think I just got dehydrated. Okay. Over the two weeks. Yes. Um, yeah. So definitely take care of your feet. I saw. I think you finished successfully with no blisters. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's next level. I've, I've gotten Whatever blisters. Whatever shoes you wear, tell them, listen, sponsor me, guys. I, I, <laughs> I did this with no blisters. Yeah. I've gotten blisters from high heels, but not from running <laughs> shoes. Before. Not from being a double BGT. <laughs> that is hilarious. And then, yeah, poles, definitely. Okay. I own the cheapest poles, but they will yeah, support you it. physically yeah. and mentally, I think, as well. Um, and I saw something small, like you said, you learned uh, just with the weather to sleep with your chafe cream in your sleeping bag, so it's soft enough to use. Yeah, I feel like those little nuggets and info that you just get from talking to people who've done it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. if you leave it in your bag, it will freeze. So yeah, like something it. I keep in mind: if you do summer hikes, don't take too many chocolates or stuff that will melt. Yes. With Rockensburg, that was actually fine because the weather was it was quite cold. Yeah. Um, but then again. Things that you don't want too melted, it yes. will melt. Or things that can um, freeze easily. I remember once, uh, one of my one of my athletes did uh, the was it the mile or the hundred k at at UTD, and then she took a certain type of bar that for some reason, like all of her bars froze, and then she didn't uh, have nutrition for the first like thirty k's because she's like trying to like gnaw on this frozen bar. Anyway, she's never used it. I won't mention said said bar brand, but certain stuff tends to freeze. <laughs> yeah <laughs> something's just for you um what else best ad- more advice yo there's so much gear advice i can give <laughs> um if you don't own an old jean get one of those because it doubles up as a water bottle oh wow um do you not know this no <laughs> it um it's some kind of plastic that can take the heat of boiling water so you just okay yeah. but what was that uh an old jean. Nalgene. Nalgene. It's the brand. Nalgene. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that doubles up as a water bottle and it's just, it's nice to scoop water. Nice. Yeah, don't bother with the bladder. We did collect water and bladders, but um, yeah, these are all the things that you will learn. Oh, definitely go to like at least a three day hike before you go into the mountains for seven or 10 days. Yeah. Because you will learn what is your discomfort discomfort areas and yes your luxuries that are worth it for you i know that's Everyone something like a luxury item they want to Walter take. brushes her teeth during utmb like five times or her 100 mile races she's like i can't deal with the fuzzy teeth thing yep. i have a sort of toothbrush and that's what i do you know everybody's got their weird little thing that they'll they'll rather carry that extra piece of gear and have that comfort than then sacrifice it yeah, yeah. actually I don't know if this was also the, from Dalian, but I cut my toothbrush in half. And that literally, I think it went from 12 gram to 6 gram, <laughs> which is nothing. Nice. But it was very uncomfortable to brush your teeth with half with half a little stem. Yeah. It was like a luxury when I came back. And then you're like, I, I have an entire toothbrush. toothbrush. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, yeah. And brushing your teeth is great. I mean, you're snacking the whole day. Yes. You don't snack that much on a normal day. Yeah. And just yeah, yeah, appreciating all those little things when you get back. I think that's that's yeah. that's huge. Um, and Corey, like the, I mean, the route is one thing, and and the whole effort in the moment. But what what did the recovery look like? I mean, how long does it take to recover? When did you when did you run again? When did you feel normal? Did you could you sleep through from as soon as you finished? I mean, there's so many things that are that are kind of playing a role here. Yeah, I had to go back and look at this because it's part of the blur. Is it part of the blur, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember being a little bit sick before and after. Okay. Um, a week before I was taking antibiotics for laryngitis. Oh my I wasn't sick, but my voice was sounding funny. So I was like, not taking any chances. Desperate to not yes. take any chances. So um, we finished and the week after I didn't run. I think I did like a spin and a walk and a bit of okay. yoga. But just keep off the feet, no need. Yes. So two weeks later, I started to run again. Ran okay. for maybe two weeks and then I got sickish again. Okay. My body is really annoying. It doesn't get sick enough to go to the doctor and get antibiotics. <laughs> it's yeah. just like... Slightly sick. I'm sick, en- sick enough not to run. But yeah. um, And maybe that was a sign for my body just to be like, just maybe calm down a little bit. Okay. But that rolled into the rest of the year. I couldn't. I struggled to get a nice running program going again. Okay. And yeah... But I had to accept part of making the decision to go was your running year is not going to look 
as yes. you want it to look. Yes. So be easy on yourself. Okay. Yeah, and I definitely feel like I lost a lot of speed. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was quite a quite a mental thing that I had to that I've been battling with this year is yes, you get stronger, but surely you should have Get, gotten some strength out of this process yeah. and but it doesn't always work like that you feel slower therefore you think you are slower and weaker yes and, and that doesn't that's help a whole other mental battle doesn't that you help the to. mental battle yeah but i think i found my running legs in utct again 100%. of Just all places <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like that's something that the like pgt will do for you is it makes something like utct feel I, it's, I just feel like 100K. Yeah, it's just 100k's in on the super technical trail yeah. yeah okay so you found found the running legs relatively soon and then something like i mean we talked about post-race blues when you sit at the office on monday after a run and you're like all you can think about is the the run i mean what was it like transitioning back into your your nine to five coming home and just going back to work doing the mundane things after being kind of in the wild for two weeks <laughs> yeah i think it's definitely weird like i think because it because of that aspect of thinking we didn't achieve anything i was like okay we need to start thinking of the next thing to put my focus somewhere it can't just drift yeah um yeah i think i kind of moved away i didn't focus on on the whole process for too long um yeah because it felt so weird Mm. i couldn't really put it all into one thought yeah um yeah it's it's quite nice now to look back and almost being ready to talk about it like I was I was really not bothered yes. afterwards I was like yeah we did it if someone wants to know I'll tell you yes but <laughs> yeah but you're just like I yeah it happened uh, yeah you need time to process stuff like that I think and then also what's really cool is because it's a shared experience I think when you see those people mm. and you're like remember this remember that it's like any big trip or adventure that yeah. shared thing is bring like, up those memories yeah because they get it they were there it's like someone's like oh like it's only 3,000 meters and you're like dude it was, yeah. it was and it was interesting when we were when we hiked fish river we're like easy five days yeah <laughs> and it was not easy and for some reason it was very hard it was very yeah. hot and we weren't sharing as much um equipment then gear then so the punches felt so heavy and yeah. carried way more fresh water and okay. almost thinking that that's not hard and yes. then when we get there and it was really hard that that mentally I was like you're you're still human yes yes I'm not bulletproof unfortunately yeah Yeah, and it yeah I think overnight hiking just continues to humble you yeah you we are comfortable in in normal life and how next up in terms of adventure or mission like is there anything exciting in the pipeline multi-day double dgt ish or or are you are you going to be focusing more on running next year um, I have nothing grand to announce. Okay, <laughs> nothing grand. There's a lot. There is some ideas. Lots of dreams. But nothing yeah. is set in stone yet. Okay. Um, definitely new peaks and places always. Some local traverses. But nice. yeah, going to have to stick around to see. Because okay. I'm not sure myself. <laughs> cool. I'm also going to put Cara's Instagram in the show notes. She's really uh, good at documenting. I remember seeing after uh, some of the hikes you do, you like recommend different bits of gear or, or things and... Yeah, you're good at putting words into into the experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram's my little scrapbook. Yeah, it's so cool. Of what happened. Um, I haven't even made DGT stories yet because it was just so much. Yeah, there was just too much. So much going. media she going on. Instead of publishing this diary of yours, it was so fun to read. I was like, this is gnarly. It was like a little peep into your brain. I loved it. Um, and, oh, yeah, Cara, it's so cool. Thank you for, for sharing bits of this adventure with us. I think it is hard to put into words. I mean, even after an hour, I still feel like I, I've got questions. Um, so, yeah, I think for people who, who are looking to do it, this is a bit of a reality check of what it takes, but also something exciting and to look forward to. And it's it's worth it and life-changing and, and you kind of go to the edge of what's possible and... Don't overthink your dreams, just just do them. Start doing just them. try. Yeah. I think if you had to five years ago say to yourself, I'm gonna do a double DGT, you probably would have would have been like, What is DGT? Yeah, exactly. So it shows you you can actually just get there. Come a far away. This is inspiring me now. I'm like, I think it's time to take some dreams off the, the shelf of where you kind of park them when life kicks in. Definitely. Yeah. And so circles you move around to just they elevate you. Mm. I know who to invite, you and Dalian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Cara, just a, like a light uh, kind of question that, that we ask everyone in the outro, and I'm going to laugh if you say DGT, but what 
what is your favorite trail and why? <laughs> so I love this question. I know everybody's been struggling with this question. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go run all of my friend's favorite trail. Yeah. So I love it. And I want to take everyone on my favorite one. Yeah. So mine is I'm going to stay local because it's something I try to do once a year. Yes. And I try to take people that haven't been there before because it's a shame if you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Cape Point, specifically the 40 kilometer yes. um, loop. I have it's seen loop, it's you to guide that more than once on Strava. Very cool. <laughs> um, so I like it because of the terrain. It's different terrain. Like you get your rocky normal trail sections and yeah. then you get sand. It's even a bit of tall. <laughs> There's <Ooh>. stairs. <laughs> you get your climbs and your descents. Awesome. It's not like massive mountains, but it's um, trail running enough. And I do like to see the ocean. Like, I'm not very confident in water, but I like to see it from a distance. Yeah, that's um, cool. It makes me feel calm and it makes me think of holiday. Yes. Um, think of ice cream. And think the, of the beach. the horizon. And there's some nice wildlife there. And some not nice wildlife. The baboons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, to see some, I don't know if it's Kudu or Elon, but it's there. And some zebra. Yeah, awesome. Um, and it's not very busy. So don't everyone go run it at the same day now. <laughs> but you do get your overnight hikers. Yeah. Um, but that's not that many. I mean, you pass a hiker quickly, then you're alone on the trail again. I mean, Cape Horn is a very big tourist attraction. Yeah. But not on the actual trails. Okay. Um, you have your viewpoints. Yes, that people um, drive to. Yeah. yeah. So you have a very nice kind of aid station midway. We have okay, a whole cool. restaurant. You have a cafe. You can yeah, always oh, stop there for, for a nice snack. Yeah. There's enough water points along the way. Very cool. Um, what else? <laughs> the next time that you do it, I'm in. Like and it's quite round. and it's quite like a, a far drive out for even people living in Cape Town. Like you yeah. have to go there, make an effort. Yeah. And if you don't have a wild card, you have to pay entry fee. It's it's only like a hundred bucks for internationals. It's about four hundred rand now. Oh, word. Okay. <laughs> um, no, that changed recently. Um, so. It's, yeah, it's, far, it's far from Durbanville. It's far from Durbanville, um, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that they call the restaurant Two Oceans because it's so inaccurate. <laughs> that is so classic. I have I a bad it. habit of pointing out to people that it's not, it's it's not, not correct. No, I'm like, that's good to let us know. Um, Cara, that's so cool. I think, uh, yeah, where can we find you as well? I know I'm going to put your Instagram uh, handle in the show notes. Yeah, Instagram. Facebook's there. It can be <laughs> found at the Durbanville Roller Run on Mondays. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Or Sally Shakeout. I try yes, to come nice. as often as I can. Very cool. Oh, Kyle, awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for the info, the dreams. I think just keeping the, the dream alive or at least stoking the fire for some people to, to get out and try big things. Um, yeah, very impressed by, by your your run or your mission in the Drakensberg and really keen to see what you what you do have in the pipeline next and as soon as you do the next great thing we'll just have to have you back sure there you have it everyone some absolutely incredible stories from Kari Yodan about her adventure across the Drakensberg for those of you who have been thinking about taking this on I hope that this has left you feeling inspired and ready to to tackle this incredible route And we'll just have to have her back on the podcast as soon as she does something epic like this again. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I'll see you back here next week for our next one.